Taiwan has purchased more than 20,000 bottles of Lithuanian rum that was originally destined for China. According to Mirror Media, the purchase was made to help out a Lithuanian alcohol merchant who feared that the rum would be blocked by Chinese customs. The merchant said that a past shipment had been held up by China, which has levied diplomatic and trade sanctions on Lithuania in recent months. The sanctions are aimed at punishing Lithuania for letting Taiwan open an office in its own name. According to Mira Media, the rum purchase was made on behalf of the finance ministry by the Taiwan Tobacco and Alcohol Company. The product is the MV Group's propeller Dark Rum and is scheduled to arrive in Taiwan on January 9th. Nicaragua cut ties with Taiwan in favor of Beijing on December 10th. To this day, Taiwan's ambassador to Nicaragua, Jamie Wu, has yet to return to Taiwan. According to local news reports, Nicaragua has granted citizenship to Wu. This development has stoked fierce controversy in Taiwan, with some demanding that Wu reject the citizenship offer. In the early hours of January 1, 2022 Beijing time, China's Nicaraguan embassy in the Nicaraguan capital of Managua held its reopening ceremony. On the first day of the new year, China inaugurated its embassy in Nicaragua. Hamei Wu, Taiwan's former envoy to Nicaragua, has yet to return to Taiwan. I am sure that this visit from the fleet, which comes two years after the previous one, will absolutely strengthen Taiwan-Nicaragua relations, not only through strengthening military exchanges, but also by deepening the feelings between the people of both our countries. During a visit by Taiwan's friendship fleet, Wu had hailed the ties between Taiwan and Nicaragua. He's had a long history of close interactions in Nicaragua. Wu served two terms as ambassador to Nicaragua from 2007 to 2011 and from 2017 to November 2021. Last September 28th, he applied for retirement and was offered the key to the city of Managua as well as honorary Managua citizenship. He also received the Jose de Marcoleta Order in the Degree of Grand Cross, the highest honor Nicaragua grants to foreign diplomats. According to Nicaraguan media reports, one day after breaking ties with Taiwan on December 10th, Nicaragua's government granted nationality to Wu and his wife. The news has sparked heated debate in Taiwan. Whether it's Nicaraguan nationality or related awards and decorations, if such honors are offered the day after breaking diplomatic ties, I think it's a collective slap in the face to all the diplomatic staff of Taiwan's embassy in Nicaragua. If I were the ambassador, I would refuse such honors. Personal honors are of little importance compared to the dignity of our country. If diplomatic ties are severed, what you should do is publicly announce that you are refusing all these honors, be it the citizenship or the decorations. That shows Taiwan's diplomats have integrity. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs says Wu left his position as ambassador on November 17th and that all his retirement procedures have been finalized. The ministry has given no further comment. Taiwan has confirmed its first domestic cases of the Omicron COVID variant. These are two people who are announced as imported cases in late December, but they have since been linked to a hotel cluster in Taipei. They were reclassified as domestic transmissions on Monday based on their CT values and dates of entry. Cases number 17058 and 17099 were announced on December 28th and December 30th of last year. 
Following an epidemic investigation, we have determined that they are local cases. According to our findings, 17085, 17058, and 17099 make up one hotel cluster. Case number 17085 transmitted the virus to 17058 and 17099. Case number 17058 arrived in Taiwan from Shenzhen. Shenzhen did not report any cases of Omicron between the date of his arrival and today. Case number 17099 entered from Japan. Up to December 15th, Japan had intercepted all its imported Omicron cases at its airports. It had not reported any local cases of Omicron, so it is relatively unlikely that this case brought in Omicron from Japan. As for case number 17085, the US has already reported thousands of Omicron cases, so it's relatively likely that this case was infected there. Case number 17085 is believed to be patient zero of the domestic Omicron outbreak. So far, officials have tested 81 contacts of this case, including hotel staff, other guests, and those who lived with the case during home quarantine. None have tested positive. The health chief says the virus may have spread by contact with contaminated objects in the hotel environment. There's also a chance it spread through airborne transmission, he said. Also on Monday, the CCC announced 25 new imported cases and zero deaths. Taizong City government is pouring resources into smart farming in an effort to attract more young farmers to the area. The city is working with farmers associations to spread smart agriculture and mentor new farmers in high-tech skills. The sensors in this greenhouse detect a gradual increase in sunlight. In response, the sunroof extends to shade the plants. Plastic structure cultivation is the trend now, that is to say, greenhouses and netted enclosures, because now they all have microclimate sensors inside, which detect the humidity or the concentration of carbon dioxide. More conventional farming techniques require labor-intensive fertilizer and pesticide application. Now, a drone handles everything. Taizhong city government wants to encourage young people to come back to the land and take up farming. Their Young Farmers Mentoring Scheme teaches smart agricultural skills, helping young farmers integrate automated irrigation and other AI farm technology. We're training young farmers through a 120-hour training course and a 120-hour farm internship. And we're bringing in AI agriculture and smart farming to improve the efficiency of farm management. The city's Agriculture Bureau is working with farmers associations to educate young farmers through lectures and young farmers clubs. When they meet challenges on the farm, they can fast get support, input and advice from their peers. We formed a young farmers club in Waipu Township. When we have larger scale news, we contact the young farmers online. We can even hold a lecture class to give farmers the latest info on smaller questions around technology, seed growing, fertilizers or crops. The program doesn't just teach farming skills. They also teach young farmers how to set up online platforms and diversify their retail avenues. He invites lots of lecturers to come speak on the marketing aspect. Especially these days, the digital retail market is really big, unlike traditional marketing methods. Taizhong is pouring resources into its mentoring programs, offering training, subsidies for farm management and even small business loans in an effort to revitalize its agricultural economy. Taiwan shares edged higher to a new record on Monday, the first trading day of 2022.
After a frenzied early morning rally, the Thai X lost ground and ended only slightly higher by 0.28%. But it still closed at a fresh all-time record of 18,270 points. Overall, the market is still on a bullish trend. Soon, there will be a string of financial report disclosures and investor conferences, including those for U.S. stocks. Actually, the market has room for cautious optimism right now. The indicators show that there remain areas of upside. The first day of 2022 also saw a new addition to the Taiwan Stock Exchange. On Monday, Yangji Engineering became the first company of the year to go public. Its business operations are primarily in clean room and electromechanical engineering for clients in the semiconductor, optoelectronics and electronics industries. At its market debut, Yangji surged to an intraday high of NT243. That represents a 53% premium against its issue price of NT180 dollars a piece, or about 63,000 NT per board lot. The Freeway Bureau is looking ahead to a surge of traffic at the end of the month over Spring Festival. It expects freeway traffic to be up to twice as heavy as traffic on non-holidays. On Monday, the Freeway Bureau issued an early reminder to motorists planning to travel over the nine-day break. Drivers are advised to beat the traffic by setting off early or choosing highways over freeways for travel. The three-day New Year's holiday has just concluded. The Freeway Bureau said that, save for congestion caused by traffic accidents, holiday traffic had been smooth overall. Last night at around 7.30 p.m. on Freeway No. 5, high-occupancy vehicle restrictions were lifted ahead of schedule. They were gradually eased starting from 7.30. Because there tends to be more traffic flow over long weekends, there are also more accidents. That was especially the case last night, when sporadic accidents in northbound traffic had an impact on freeway flow. Looking ahead to the nine-day Lunar New Year holiday, the Freeway Bureau estimated that traffic volume will be as much as twice that of non-holidays toward the end of the holiday from noon on February 3rd to the afternoon of February 6th, bi-directional traffic is expected to peak as people make their way home. High-occupancy vehicle restrictions will be imposed during set time periods. Traffic volume should return to normal late in the day on February 6th, according to the Freeway Bureau. If you want to go to Hualien or Taidong, it is advised to use alternative roads instead of Freeway No. 5 to avoid congestion. In addition, the West Coast Expressway is a long-distance corridor that can be used instead of Freeways No. 1 and No. 3, especially for northbound travel. The third and fourth days of the Lunar New Year will see peak traffic. You can make use of the West Coast Expressway, particularly for travel in both directions between Tainan and Xinzhou. Over Spring Festival, motorists are advised to depart for their destinations early or choose alternative roads to beat the traffic and make the best use of their holiday. When you think of innovative interior design, what comes to mind? An art gallery, perhaps? Or a cutting-edge concert hall? Maybe a trendy store? How about a local government house? A new construction office in New Taipei has upended tired cliches of interior design, giving civil servants a relaxed and inspiring workplace. FTV got an exclusive tour of the forward-looking office. 
time for afternoon tea, but this is no cafe. It's New Taipei City Construction Office, and all these leisurely tea drinkers are public servants. They spend their days poring over endless architectural designs and documents. The office moved to its present location two years ago with a fresh new interior design that gives civil servants a new habitat. That whole feeling is less rigid. So when you come into the office, it reduces that officey feeling. It feels more like we're all here to have fun together. When we came here, when the office space became more comfortable, it started to feel like I'm not at work. It's more like I'm working and playing and resting at the same time. 来到这一面墙，可以看到仿清水模的设计。你会以为这里很像是陶瓷博物馆，事实上这里是新工处，而这里也摆放他们过去工程的缩小版。Two years ago, the construction office moved from the big city hall building to its new home here at Shulin. Many staff here are trained in construction and civil engineering, and they were keen to have a say in their new space. They want to give visiting citizens a novel experience and improve productivity in the workplace. This sofa was placed outside the department chief's personal office. When officials are preparing to go in and deliver reports, they can relax and soothe their nervous systems. From time to time, we can have a little chat with the colleagues next to you. When you're cold, you will suddenly be tense. But at least before you go in, you can be relaxed. The design for the building was originally dollar, like a typical office with a traditional atmosphere. So, in order to give our colleagues a high standard office environment, we invited our colleagues to participate in the interior design process. And for the open space at the front of the building, the office invited an artist to design this innovative space. It incorporates a health center and a library, providing many public functions all in one. Could this be the future of the civil service in Taiwan? The Nanzuming Lufa has won gold at France's prestigious Conquerors Lapine Invention Competition. Students from National United University were awarded for turning dried gourd into reusable packaging material for bottles of wine or oil. This Lufa wrap protects the bottle from damage during transport. It can be used to replace unsustainable materials like styrofoam and bubble wrap. It can be repurposed after serving its packaging duty. An English language video presents the invention. It looks no different from an ordinary loofah sponge, but it's used not to scrub dishes but to hold bottles. Quite an extended strip of loofah. This invention is the brainchild of students from the Department of Industrial Design at National United University. They also turn loofah into shoe trees that promote air circulation, eliminate bad odors, and can even be used as a shoe duster. Thanks to its heat insulating and shock absorbent properties, the loofah can also enjoy a new life as coffee cup sleeves and egg carriers. In Paris, judges were impressed by how loofah packaging can be used again and again. Overseas, they really value environmental sustainability, and they want to cut plastic use as much as possible. Everything from the disposal of these loofah products to their production is kind to the earth. We hope that this thing can bring a little change to the world. After winning gold in Paris, the loofah wrap for bottles has gotten attention from a packaging vendor for its unique shock-absorbent properties. Its student developers aim to bring it to market and show the world how small details can make a big difference. Tenqing Lake is a famous beauty spot in Kaohsiung that attracts millions of tourists each year. This winter, it opened an intriguing attraction set to raise the lake's profile even more. It's the largest garden maze in Taiwan, featuring slides, a picnic area, and even a hobbit house from the Lord of the Rings. Let's stop by.
24 million NT was spent to turn this 0.6 hectare garden space into an immersive labyrinth garden, where visitors can get up close and personal with nature. The installation adds to the diversity of the park at Chenxing Lake. This is a good place to go over the weekend. Mom and Dad can take the kids here for exercise. It's a great recreational site for the whole family. The largest in the country, this labyrinth garden has four major zones. The first is the three-dimensional Mandarin duck maze. The second is the covert maze. The third is a hobbit house from the Lord of the Rings. And the fourth is a picnic area. It's a hobbit house straight from the Shire. Walk in and you're off to another world. Without so much as a plane ticket, next try this colorful maze composed of the giant coverts with a diameter of up to 120 centimeters. Here the children can run and explore to their heart's content. The picnic area provides a vast garden space for families to eat and soak up the scenery. Nearby, kids can enjoy a giant slide made of stone and turf. I believe that this will not only be a highlight of Kaohsiung City, it will become Taiwan's number one choice for family excursions. This labyrinth garden was founded by the Tourism Bureau and will be maintained by the Taiwan Water Corporation. With its opening on December 23, 2021, the public has a new option for family fun. Now turning to a rare historical find, a box of sanitary napkins from the Japanese colonial era. A Nantou County collector says that this box was imported from Japan to be used strictly by the wealthy set. A box of 20 pieces sold for 27 sen, which is roughly half a day's wages for a postal worker. Let's take a look. It's a box full of small cotton bags tied neatly with cotton string. At first glance, they appear to be tea bags, but they're actually sanitary napkins dating back to the Japanese colonial era. Collector Liang Zhizhong found the box in an antique shop more than 20 years ago. He had no clue what the bags were until he turned to the back of the box and saw the label. This box had been imported from Japan to Taiwan during the colonial era. It retailed at 27 sen at a time when the daily wage of a postal worker was only 50 sen. So pads like these were likely considered a luxury good. Following the Meiji Restoration in Japan, they did everything with an eye on the West and especially on Germany. During the early Japanese colonial era, sanitary napkins were in the form of small bundles. Only later on did they become strips. Liang's collection includes another personal item used by women back in the day. This is a belly band used in wealthy families. Painstakingly made with the finest materials, it's warm in winter and cool in summer. Liang is the founder and chairman of the Nanto County Cultural Heritage Association. He's collected more than 10,000 historical artifacts, including a tricycle and cabinets from the Japanese colonial era. To him, every item is a treasure. I promote the preservation of cultural assets. I go to various places and hold exhibits. My hope is to help more people see that what our ancestors left behind is very precious. In his spare time, Liang sorts his collection into different categories. He gives speeches at cultural centers on invitation, shedding more light on the early chapters of Taiwan history.